Hi everyone. Welcome to our volume two session of Rocking Chair Sessions with our special guest, artist Jason Aponte. Hello. Um, as you guys know, um, Rocking Chair Sessions is basically a series of live podcasts where we invite our creatives locally from Miami um, to talk about their life and their art. Um, and it's kind of a hybrid between a psychotherapy session and an artist interview. I plan to cry. I hope you do. Oh my God, we should have brought the tissues out today. Oh man, oh man. Jenna warned us. Yeah, Jenna warned us. Um, Yeah, we are are really excited that you're here with us today. I'm excited too. At the Bakehouse Art Complex, where we have a studio, and we're previously working prior to coming to see us, so thank you for taking time out of your practice to stop and come talk to us for a little bit. And thank you for having me. (laughs) And we have to explain a little bit. So we are recording the session in a studio in upstairs, Bakehouse Upstairs Studios. And uh, the busy Bakehouse artists are still working. So all the noise in the background is actually artists working very, very hard live. So this is very special. And uh, we also have to say that Jason has been in a studio upstairs for how many years? Ooh, I was upstairs for about five years. For about five years. Before he moved downstairs, yes. not so long ago. They, they right? had to tear me away from upstairs. They yeah, did. we are pretty. We are pretty. <laughs> Did not want to leave. Tight groove up here. It was right? nice and cozy it up was here. Nice and cozy up here. It still is. It still is. Yeah. We miss you. Upstairs. Don't rub it in. Please. We miss you upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> studio is empty. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so I guess we'd like to start off with you know an icebreaker. Um, can you please tell us, Jason, where were you born? I was born right here. I was born in Homestead, Florida, okay. uh, on the Air Force Base. Uh, father's military, oh, wow. and so uh, he was stationed here in 1976. That's the year I was born, and since then, just lived my life pretty much here, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> with I did not. So, where is you? Where was your dad from? Uh, my dad's from New York, from the Bronx. From New York. Mm-hmm. And then you were born on the Air Force... On the Air Force base here. Base here? Yep. That's pretty neat. And then usually Air Force kids move around a lot, or is that... Yeah, but he he moved more than I did. Like, in the okay. sense that he, he was the one that was doing the traveling, um, and we stayed put. You stayed put in, yeah, in Homestead, exactly. and he was doing that. And he did all the traveling, oh, right? Wow. So, so he would go, like, you know, months at a time, or uh-huh. And then come back. So then mm-hmm. what was your earliest childhood memory with that homestead and local Florida boy in mind? Um, Do you remember the Air Force? Well, uh, I, oh yeah, no, Stage, I, like I, the, I definitely base. like, yeah, I remember the base for sure. I mean, the base, the base was around up until 1992 until Hurricane Andrew uh-huh. knocked it out. And I, I was, was involved with things that were on the base and uh-huh. around the base and, I used to go bowling on the base, go to the movie theater on the base, I used to ride my bike on the base, ride my bike along the the um, the airstrips, where they definitely can't do that anymore. Are you serious? And, yeah, oh I, used to, I used to go visit my dad in the shop and mm-hmm. see all the F-16 engines and and uh, all of that. That's yeah, so Top so. Gun. Yeah, yeah, t- <laughs> totally Top Gun. 
Oh my god, I would have loved that. I was in love with Top Gun. Yeah, that's why I know the F-16, of course. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep, for sure. Well, Amazing. being how you remember the base, was that your earliest memory as a child? Like, being on the base, or was it more, like, closer to home? Like you said, your dad would be gone for months at a time, so you'd be more at Well, the house. My, my earliest, earliest memory that, that I have is, it's kind of random, but it's uh, baby chickens. Wow. I remember baby chickens, and uh, I don't know why, I, I mean, I now know why I remember baby chickens, because I asked my mom at one point, so why do I remember baby chickens? <laughs> And she's like, how do you remember that? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, you were, you were two years old and used to have baby chickens. Uh, we used to have chickens in the, in the back, uh, um, like little uh, uh, foyer or whatever we had there. But, um, and, uh, and then they, we cooked them. <laughs> your mom cooked the chickens yeah, it's the chicken. baby chickens <laughs> yeah. that that's your earliest memory because my earliest memory is when I was two years old and I don't know how your experience was for me it's kind of like uh, it was like very surreal the memory uh -huh. of that I have from when I was two year olds was, was your memory surrealized too like were you living it were you not living it did it mm. feel like it was a layered experience or uh, kind of layered I mean it, it's it's not far from like my second memory in a sense because my second memory was way more surreal because that memory, I, uh, I remember coming home or at least I was in the hallway of my house and I remember um, knocking on the doors of like the bathroom and no one was answering, right? And I remember trying to find my dad, trying to find my mom and I go to the bedroom and out comes this gorilla and I remember freaking out and running and knocking on my on the bathroom again and thinking my dad turned into a dolphin. And now I find out later, of course, that my uncle for Halloween dressed up like a oh gorilla. No. So, you know, that that scared me half to death. And it And you <laughs> no. still remember and that. And I remember that. The fear oh. Was so oh yeah, I remember. But but like I said, my dad was a dolphin. You know, so that was surreal. <laughs> and he dressed up as a dolphin? No, no, no. He just, I, I just thought he was a dolphin because he was in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like he was in the water. And right. He was in survive. the water. So therefore, if my uncle turned into the gorilla, then my dad must be a freaking dolphin. <laughs> oh my God. Minds of children are so incredibly like... Creative, well, you, you right? You create your it's own like, mythologies in order to like understand the yeah, world around yeah. you. Yeah. So being how... At that moment, what was your earliest, um, I guess I said earliest already, but like the age when you knew you were an artist, was it young or was it as an older individual? Uh, it was young. I, was, I remember um, we had moved uh, from the base itself and just outside the base. And there we, uh, we had this uh, dog, uh, Blackie, and he, we had a dog house. And inside this dog house, I don't know, I was like seven years old or something. And inside the doghouse, I used to just hang out inside there. But I remember I had this great idea to like create this mural in the doghouse, you know? So like I, I would sit there with all the paints and I would, and, and I did this huge like thing. And it was, it was like volcanoes and rainbows and horses <laughs> or something, you know? But, but uh, I, I painted the interior of this doghouse. And uh, so that's my, my first like, 
you know. Non-paid commission. Yeah, non-paid commission. <laughs> my, my Michelangelo Sistine Chapel. And you start with a mural, you know, you don't start with a drawing, you start with yeah, a mural. Yeah, yeah, it was a mural. Right? Go make or go home. And did, did, you feel, did Blackie accompany you while you were there? Oh, did yeah, of course. Blackie would hang out with me. <laughs> he was okay with the decoration? Okay with, yeah, was, he, I, Do you have images of said mural, or is that long gone? No, not too long ago. I don't know. I don't think oh. so. And how old were you? Uh, about seven. About seven. Seven. Yeah. And okay, well, seeing how you jumped into painting and murals, um, what does <laughs> this act of painting, since you did commence in such an early age, what does this painting or act of painting mean to you? Uh, it didn't. It didn't exactly mean anything other than that I had. I just had these like this urge. It was an urge. Mm -hmm. I definitely had that urge and that feeling inside me that said like I just. I I wanted to get these sort of images out of my head and, and mm -hmm. onto a surface. Mm -hmm. And and it was very basic, I guess. You know, it wasn't like I was um, even thinking that I was an artist. It's just, it was just um, a natural thing for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, it, and it continued. I mean, I, you know, you'd ask your parents, like, oh, you know, do you remember when your last painting, you know, that you started painting or, and um, they... You know, every parent will say, oh, yeah, yeah, you always painted, you always... But um, I have sketchbooks still, like, filled uh, from when I was a kid. Uh, from that from, early from age. From early on. age, and, mm -hmm. and just drawings from that. And, and um, uh, so I've got my, my proof to myself, you know, that it, it was there mm -hmm. very early on. And I played with everything, watercolors, tempera, um, pastels... Uh, later on, actually started working uh, with oils, maybe like 13 or something mm -hmm. with oils. Who supported you in your art making? Like, who bought you the materials, or who um, you know told you like what else is out there? Most, mostly my mom. Mm -hmm. um, she she wanted to go to art school. She I think she actually was going to art school for a little while, and then mm -hmm. then kind of dropped out or uh, decided to do something else. Mm -hmm. um, and my, uh, I have an uncle that, the, the gorilla guy, who, he, uh, <laughs> he wanted, he's the one, he wanted to go to art school, uh, and he got accepted to an art school in New York, um, free ride, but he decided to play basketball for Puerto Rico instead. And, um, and he, he would push a little bit, but, um, but most of them all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it runs in the family, it's not like it's this random... Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about a very small part of the family. The rest of the family is all military. Mm -hmm. Every single freaking person is military. That's such a crazy yeah. combination, also. Oh yeah, right? and oh, so yeah. Like, too. It's, like it's yeah, highly yeah, yeah. Like the New York Bronx military guy. Yeah, yeah. And is your mom born in Puerto Rico? She was born in the Bronx too. Bronx. She was born in the Bronx, mm -hmm. but you have like is her my, family from Puerto Rico? Both or? both sides of my family, uh, on my mom and dad's side, are are all from Puerto Rico. But, oh, both sides. Yeah, the, but they met. the grandparents. All my grandparents mm -hmm. are all from Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. But on my dad's side, my grandparents, they uh, they moved to New York. Uh, very early on when mm -hmm. they were like 18 or something maybe mm -hmm. maybe younger maybe a little bit later but even their parents had a house in upstate new york mm -hmm. you know so it was, it was a back and forth thing it wasn't mm -hmm. just like they were just in puerto rico mm -hmm. um, my mom's side like pretty much stayed in puerto rico mm -hmm. up until like uh well before she was born so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and she had brothers that were born in, that were older and that were born in, born in New York as well. Mm -hmm. 
So, mm -hmm. so still kind of early on. Mm -hmm. You mentioned this journey you have um, discovering like this urge that you had to like desire to paint and then this discovery of materials, so to speak, where you experimented with like pastels, watercolor, what have you. And that you said you didn't really consider yourself to be an artist. You were just expressing yourself with your sketchbooks, through drawing, through observation. At what point did you feel, because I mean, we consider you an artist. At what point did you feel that, we do, yes, we do. <laughs> I am an artist? Like when did you realize or embrace it or just um, completely take that on that's hard I, I you know like i would say probably when i when someone paid me five dollars to make a portrait was probably the first time i realized that maybe it, this was something else you know hmm. take your time sorry take your i lost time. my voice it's okay we have water we have water <coughs> that's why for I'm water. Mm. um it's well I'll, while you're drinking water i think was it who else mentioned that it was the first time they sold something that they realized maybe there was something there as well? I can't remember. It was another conversation I was having, like that realization that maybe you could make a living <coughs> off of it or that it's a wanted commodity almost because not everybody can draw or paint that you realized there was something special, something different. Yeah, it was, and I was in high school, um, like ninth, 10th grade. Oh, that happened so and early? That happened, yeah, when someone you wow. know paid me to do a portrait. Wow. Some pen, pencil sketch. Well, it, and it kind of came from uh, another student actually. They wanted me to do do. The, so uh, it was a commission. It was a commission. Yeah. Your first and official it, commission. My fir first official commission, and it was. It just came, I guess it kind of came from uh, me. I used to just draw my teachers' faces like mm -hmm. while sitting in class. So everybody. Would... <laughs> you, 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 you know, you were the doodler who was in class. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Did cost, you ever get in cost, trouble oh, over that? All the time. Or? All the time. Yeah. Because of the doodles, the doodling, or just yeah. because you were not paying attention? Or? No, no, I was paying attention. It, it was just, you know... Was it like satirical, or like, was it offensive, or...? No. No, just because you did it? was no, realistic as I think it was. Was it offensive but because it was realistic, I wonder? Probably, maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> 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 oh, uh. Especially because of the one teacher I used to like to draw, he had this huge mustache. It was massive. It was like a rat under his nose, you know? Well, I like that you had, well, I can't even imagine having a commission so early on. That's really incredible. <coughs> so you, you kind of, you kind of were like, realized that you could make money out of what you love yeah, to do I mean, really early was, on. Right, it was early on. But, um, but even then, after that, it was still hard to, to uh, kind of fight the, you know, everybody, the, the, the sort of voice that tells you. Uh, no, you can't do that because it's not realistic. It's not um, something you can really make money from. And, uh, especially, I mean, like my, like I said, my father was military. Mm -hmm. He he was sometimes adamant about like you know doing something else that mm -hmm. was uh, more stable. <laughs> yeah, that going to the military. Or yeah, or that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what were those triggers for you that you're like, no, this is the path for me? What were the triggers that set you on your way that you're like, once the, you said the first one was a commission, but after that, what was it that you said, no, this is what I have to study? This I couldn't stop do. doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. It was it was constant. I I was always reading books on it, trying different mediums, just playing with the stuff, you know, just just because I I couldn't get enough of it, and and um, I. Uh, you know, I like the idea of of uh, exploring, you know, what was in my head and and putting it out there all the time I mean, until now still. But um, uh, film, film and comics was a big part of that too. I really, you know, I, I would copy pages of comic books 
Um, I would I would try to get every book I could on 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 uh, like the concept art for films uh, mm-hmm. and and kind of look at that and. Um, and you're still that's still influencing your work to the day, yeah, right? Oh yeah, films yeah, and yeah, like for sure. you, you put those in paintings in layers. Yeah, yeah. Use, using using films to mm-hmm. sort of um, create secondary images, mm-hmm. like implanted imagery into into realistic scenes and mm-hmm. realistic um, reflections. Mm-hmm. So kind of <clears> like <throat> the reality and virtuality are 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 melting into each mm-hmm. other in your paintings. That's yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, did you go to, like, after high school, did you go to an art school, or what I, did you do? I went to Miami Dade Community College for a couple of years to sort of figure things out. I, it was either that, or I, I got accepted to uh, University of Florida for um, zoology. Really? <laughs> yeah. Those baby chickens. Those baby the chickens. baby chickens. Right? Chicken, chicken, and the gorilla and Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a lot of yeah, animals. Yeah. It's, just, it's a lot of animals. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and um, I just, I kind of decided not to go that route. A, because I kind of got pissed off that part of the acceptance was also because of my Spanish heritage. And oh, that they needed you to were a minority. Their, yeah, I was a minority. Mm-hmm. They needed to fill their quota. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, you don't know that. I don't really guess know that, but from a letter I got, it was kind of feeling like that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so in any case, uh, I went to Miami Dade for a couple years and got my degree in art, art education and then decided uh, to, I, I put portfolios together and I, I got uh, went to like a portfolio day and got accepted to Pratt and Ringling, mm-hmm. like right there at the, at the portfolio day. Amazing. And, wow. And so I actually didn't apply anywhere else. I just said, well, I like the two schools. They're fantastic schools. And Pratt was, you know, I have family in New York too, so that was like, mm-hmm. oh, it'd be a great school to go to, but I'd be away from my immediate family. And, and so I decided to um, to go to Ringling instead, mm-hmm. and which I'm, I'm super happy about. They were amazing. It, it was actually for an illustration program, so bachelor's in illustration. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, I... Uh, I had uh, learned as much as I could about just painting and drawing mm-hmm. traditionally um, and uh, kind of decided after that not to go into illustration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had I mean, enough of that? Well, or? it's not that I had, I had enough of it. It was just I knew, I knew that going into illustration that I, in the end, would not uh, really be creating work that was my ideas. Maybe mm-hmm. somewhat, but... In the end, it would. It's, it, it's a lot more yeah. collaborative, and and um, uh, the commercial aspect of it wasn't so appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just, I knew that I still had these ideas in my head that I just wanted to, mm-hmm. to uh, try. You wanted to get out what is, what is. Yeah, what's already in my head, and not what's in someone else's head, exactly. But I, I, you know, I love illustration. Mm-hmm. I love. Uh, what people do with it, mm-hmm. and and I'm, I'm I guess I'm particularly talking about certain types of illustrations, um, uh, you know, magazine illustration, uh, mm-hmm. things like, like so that. comic books or no, not necessarily comic books, mm-hmm. but I'd still love com- uh, mm-hmm. graphic novels, mm-hmm. um, not not all every comic book, mm-hmm. but uh, 
What's your favorite comic book? Is the, it, my favorite comic is that, book? Is it a question it's I'm either, allowed to yeah, ask? Yeah, yes, you're sure. allowed to ask that. Uh, let's see. Well, Watchmen is one Watchmen. of them. Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I felt this, the story in that is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's some really cheesy, you know, um, tacky kind of things involved in that story. But but other than that, it's pretty cool, pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, They haven't come out with a film yet. Over they did. This Watchmen? Yeah, they did. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. the movie. And I feel oh. like, I don't know if you love more the comics versus the movie themselves, but like the movie, I mean, obviously characters that stand out, but also like the cinematic quality of the characters, I feel is something that speaks to like your love of not just the pure illustrative aspect of the original, um, obviously, orchestration, which was, you know, comic book, but more of, like, the movement, which I feel like I see more now in your present work, like, the the living illustration. Yeah, I, I, you know, in the end, I love the idea of having this two-dimensional surface, usually a square Mm -hmm. or rectangular shape, and having this idea that it can be infinite, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Um, yeah, of course you can break off of it, completely do sculpture, uh, you can do installation art, um, but having this 2D space and having this infinite world in this 2D space is really appealing to me. And um, so, you know, with the, with the comics, it's, it, it's locked into this format, it's a book format, and they try to um, show movement in this this you know two D stagnant uh, static uh, um, situation and mm-hmm. and I, I you know I think it's believable to a certain extent and and it's fun that way um, and I do try to kind of pull that into my work have this sort of sense of movement even though there isn't any mm-hmm. um, without drawing action lines <laughs> yeah it's not as boxed in <laughs> you know, literally boxed in like an actual comic book. Mm-hmm. well especially i want to talk a little bit about your new series as well yeah. where uh where i saw the movement the most almost of the work that i've seen so far where you are um the subject matter is usually a, a woman yeah that doesn't wear a lot of clothes right usually and then there are basically movements suggested in a way that there are different poses almost like a, a stop-motion picture right where you you, you have like <laughs> right. different um, different how would you say that um, levels of the different points of the movement that you layer on top of each other yeah right yeah exactly. and if it would be a stop-motion picture and it would play quickly and you would see the movement but because it's a painting you're making it up in your head yeah yeah so kinda, it's kind of like trying to piece together the those layers to to um, I don't know to to make it feel more alive than than you know this this posed moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, almost cinematic. It's almost it's yeah, almost yeah. cinematic. And, then and huh? I, I think that's the driving force of, of a lot of my work is mm-hmm. it, you know things play out like that in my head in movie format. <laughs> that's so interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. My question also is like, where did that bridge occur? Because obviously, Wrangling prepared you. Um, I would say um, with formally with the instruction on knowing how to paint, knowing how to manip- manipulate the material, how to master the techniques of illustration, and then you obviously had all these ideas in your head. When did the incorporation of your ideas make it onto the canvas to kind of sort of push through that multi-dimensional space that you create within the frame of your paintings? Like when did that bridge finally connect for you and you went from being just illustrator to actually, you know, executing your um, your, 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 your ideas that you had. 
Um, well, illustration helped me with that because uh, it you have to tell a story, mm -hmm. and and I mean everybody's telling a story, I guess, in, in a certain way. But this this was a more direct storytelling, and, and you had a very short amount of space to 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 tell this whole story, and. I liked. I really loved that idea. I loved the old, you know the old illustrators like N. C. Wyeth. Um, they were filling in the gaps of, uh, of like a book and and showing certain scenes and telling a lot of information within that scene. Um, you know, I, I I'm trying to stay away from looking like a movie poster, you know, idea of things, but but maybe a, a moment that tells a lot more about what's going on. Than, um, than having just like a collage of images. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so it's, you know, to, to pinpoint in terms of when that actually happened, um, I, th I think my the biggest, um, the, or the, quick, the, the, the earliest uh, memory of that would be maybe, um, I, I did this piece, it was actually using uh, um, Norman Rockwell. Mm -hmm. And it was a Norman Rockwell um, about the little girl that was that she was the first um, black black American that was able to oh, go I into love that one. into yeah. yeah and with the soldiers with right with the soldiers the um, um, U.S. Marshals escorting her into to the school, school. Mm -hmm. and so you know that piece was extremely powerful so on its own, um, and at the time that I I was using this piece it was it was right after nine eleven. And we were, um, a lot of us were really, really like uh, anxious about it and, and trying to voice our opinions or stories or whatever about it. And so I created a sort of modern, modern day version of it because I heard the story of a, of a Muslim school that was bombed or at least uh, bomb threats were being called in. Mm -hmm. And so um, I... I Kind of made the little girl into a, into a, you know she was wearing a, a, you know the the dress the headdress and mm -hmm. and everything and and uh, current U.S. marshals you know walking her along and but kept the word uh, nigger in the background mm -hmm. and uh, and I called it America's new nigger mm -hmm. and so yeah it's kind of rough to like you know do that but it's one image that sort of tells this like massive story mm -hmm. you know um that norman rockwell did as well and and um and then to reuse it um you know it was i think that was probably the first time that it really like i felt like the power of the image mm -hmm. you know and 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 that, that cinematic idea of things and and telling that full story all in one image mm -hmm. And also very political content at yeah, the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Okay, so... Um, We're back from our break. We're back from our break. We've drunk in lots of water, um, only, we swear, um, to refresh our palates. Um, Jason Aponte is our second volume guest artist for tonight's session. And we were just going over um, the moment that more or less... Well, one of the many moments that triggered his jump from becoming a previous illustrator to official painter slash, um, I would say, bringing your own visions to fruition versus that of a potential customer or client. 
I guess we have a question more or less connecting like what you do as a day job and what you do as a painter. Do you feel there's a relation between your daily every day and then what you do um, professionally as an artist? Uh, yeah, I do have a day job. I'm a ophthalmic technician. Um, and everybody says, what? <laughs> I know, I know what he's doing. He's so, working with an eye doctor. Uh, I, work with, I work with eye doctors uh, right now, particularly. I work with an optometrist. Um, and uh, that position, it's, um, you know, it's you know, taking care of people's uh, eyes and needs for, for their eyes, glasses, and such. Uh, but um, also do a lot of imaging uh, regarding the eyes, uh, uh, using s different types of scans, um, and maybe not so much anymore, but uh, before it was doing measurements for like interocular lenses, ultrasounds, uh, mm -hmm. fluorescent angiographies, things like that. But um, uh, now dealing more with like contact lenses and, and making glasses and um, still doing certain scans, but... Uh, and... Uh, how does that relate to what I do as an artist right now? I, I, I'm trying not to force that. I've done, I've been an ophthalmic technician for a long time. Uh, right out of school, I decided I, I needed to do something else because of the path that I was choosing to take that wasn't so commercial mm -hmm. and decided that it maybe be smarter to just sort of have, have something parallel to what I do as an artist just so that um, maybe I don't get, become stagnant. Maybe uh, I don't, you know, become homeless. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, you know, but I'm practical in that regard. I, I, I always feel like, why, why suffer? Uh, you know, as an artist, uh, when you know, I, I don't necessarily rely on my art to succeed to continue doing it. Um, I don't have to worry about that. I have a day job. So I, I try to keep my day job, the effects of my day job on my art minimal, meaning that I work, uh, you know, about four and a half days a week. Um, and the time that I, I spend in, at work, the, any breaks or moment that I get to actually work on my art, I will, uh, even while I'm at work, you know. <laughs> Um, but because you can use the computer also, right? To, it, or is it more like a sketching? The sketching, or you know, um, sketching on on a sketchbook, or sketching on a phone, mm -hmm. or um, uh, just writing, mm -hmm. writing ideas, or just even thinking. Sometimes, you know, I have moments where I, I can just sit there and just think about certain things, and and I'm thinking about the images that I'm working on, or, or piecing things together in my head. Um, I, I have this weird ability to like, to sort of like a, um, photo memory, but mm -hmm. photographic memory, mm -hmm. not quite, but, um, really just like hold on to an image in my head and, and take it apart, break it apart, put it back together again, change, change things around, um, and see where I'm going to go with that image. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I can do that while I'm, while I'm working. And I, I you know, I've, I, there are some days where you come really tired and, and it's hard to, to get into the studio and to, you know, work on your, your, your craft and your work. But um, I've learned a while back to just uh, 
sort of not think while while I'm actually like on the way to the studio. And then when I get to the studio, just give myself like, you know, half hour or something to just not do anything. Mm-hmm. And and it'll, it it helps, you know, especially on the days that that I do work and then go into the stu- go into the studio. Um, how do you divvy that up? How do you how many how many like days can you spend in the studio and or how many nights? How do you you know how do well, you balance that out? Well, right now I'm working um, Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday mornings. Oh, mm-hmm. and so uh, I come into the studio Monday at night. Wednesday a full day, mm-hmm. uh, Friday at night, and sometimes Saturday, uh, and and sometimes a full day Sunday. Mm-hmm. It depends. Mm-hmm. So, how many hours? Uh, you work you know, a lot at night. Yeah, I, I know work, that. Definitely. You work like long hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes I I I'll pull an all nighter and just yeah. like work straight into the next day. Oh wow! Um, just to make up whatever time I might have mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, um, the word it struck me, um, stagnant, like you try, you thought that it would be a good idea to have a separate, um, I guess you could, you could say a place to go to, i.e. your, your job, so you wouldn't get like stuck or be stagnant. What do you do as an artist, um, to recharge your batteries, to refresh, to get, um, inspiration, new ideas, to not get stuck when you do go back to your practice? Um... It comes from a different uh, a variety of different areas. Uh, uh, film, I love watching mm-hmm. film, and obviously from what we've discussed before. So mm-hmm. film recharges my battery. So sometimes I'll just go hit a movie, mm-hmm. and that's enough for me to, to like get inspired again. Uh, reading, you know, sometimes I'll just reading certain things, or um, sometimes it's also sketching from from life, painting from life, that recharges me a little bit. Um, because you know when you get into the studio, you're you're focused on the images that that you've been planning for a long time, and and uh, you know unless you are specifically working from life for your final images, um, which I would love, but there you know no one's I don't either have that that kind of money to to hire people all the time, or people are uh, severely impatient mm-hmm. this day and age to sit down for even freaking two minutes. Mm-hmm. Even I believe it mm-hmm. is the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but painting, painting and drawing from life is is one way to recharge myself, and uh, you just see things that you don't see when it comes to using photo reference, um, mm-hmm. uh, color, and and that movement again. Yeah, you know, it comes down to the movement again too. What inspired your new series? Like there was a shift. I don't know exactly when it happened. It happened in the last year somewhere. When you went from more like these everyday scenes yeah. in like cafes or like where where to to this new series with uh, with women uh, naked women or like barely dressed women and um, more about the movement right it's more about the movement now yeah um, the shift happened more because uh, to get kind of personal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt that, that there was this thing that was happening to me that, um, you know, women were, that, I'm trying to not sound sexist, but it was like, it was something that, that uh, they were a huge part of my life that I felt that was multiple things that were a bit controlling, a bit, um, I felt taken advantage of because uh, of my 
my niceness, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that's one aspect. I mean, there's also the, the comforting and the, you know, the wanting to be with uh, a, a woman or wanting to be with, you know, it, my family, um, it, yeah, there's a lot of men. There's, there's um, you know, I had my mother and my, my sister, but I also had my cousins. And, um, and a lot of my friends are women because I don't exactly relate to men mm -hmm. um, very well. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know where that comes from, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't like the way men tend to treat people mm. in general. Mm. Um, not everybody, of course. I mean, to to generalize like that is is bad. It's horrible. But um, certain men, yeah, certain mm. men. You know, it's uh, I didn't I didn't relate to certain things. Um, you know, sports. I'm, I I love playing sports. I love. Sometimes watching sports, but I'm not gung ho about it, you know. And mm -hmm. and uh, you know, but the, at the same time, the the women that I did get close to were very, um, you know, it comes down to just like this sort of control. Mm -hmm. Whether I would allow that control, or you know, you can get to psychology and <laughs> figure me out on that. I don't know. Which but, is what so like so using. So using the, these images is sort of like you were controlling. I, I, well, I don't know about. No, I don't know about if, mm -hmm. I, if I was controlling. But no, I was, in the in the image in the paintings. No. Yeah, no, I know. Mm -hmm. But what I mean is that I don't know if that's why I was doing mm -hmm. those paintings. But you know, part of it was like allowing the fun to happen and allowing the mm -hmm. you know the playfulness and some of the imagery, um, and uh, but also the sexuality and mm -hmm. and the sensualness without. Because before I was using a lot of uh, pornography as images, mm -hmm. you know, as a background image, um, as well, and and that felt cold, mm -hmm. felt you know impersonal, and and that is true because it was uh, like pornography Im imagery was in the paintings before, yeah, but it was, it was kind of right. harder to see. It was right? harder to see, right? So now you're really like. It, they're less pornographic. Yeah, they're not pornographic. But they're, they're right there. They're, you they're don't there have to decipher and them. Or yeah, something. and it's more more sensual, mm -hmm. uh, maybe versus that sort of um, overt, mm -hmm. uh, just you know, pornographic imagery. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so and then now, uh, you know, a big a big uh, female figure in my life. You know, my mother she passed away last year. And so sort of, uh, it's sort of rethinking the images that I, I was doing mm -hmm. when it came, when it, uh, what you were talking about with the, the women uh, posed naked and, and uh, different types of positions showing movement, mm -hmm. sexual, sexual, sensual movement, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. Um, but now it's like, yeah, I may have uh, figures within the, the image like that, but uh, I, there's this other force that's there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm looking for these, these images of, of conflicting power. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I, I kind of wanted to start, uh, with my name mm -hmm. and that's, so, so the images that we're talking about, uh, right now, I mean, I only have two going in the series, but there's a female figure and, and there's uh, a bull and I'm using the bull in both of the images. Um, I've got a third one planned 
still using the bull. Uh, and I, I felt like that using my name uh, was, it, which was derived from uh, Jason and the Argonauts, uh, my father named me after that story, mm -hmm. and so I, I used that um, that idea loosely initially to to create these new images, and um, it was uh, and it's hard for me to kind of talk about it yet because I still, in a way, am, am discovering the images as I'm painting them. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I'm, we're find, I'm finding a lot of um, correlation between the actual mythologies and and uh, like Pasiphae. Uh, is that how you pronounce her name? I pa think Pasifae. so. Pasifae from Greece. The, Pasifae. The queen. Yeah. Uh, you know, where she was in love with the bull, had uh, lust for the bull. And, oh, yeah, I and saw that image um, that, you, that yeah. you're working on. So, um, so mythology, is like the, the Greek mythology. Yeah, the Greek and, mythology and, is, mm -hmm. is, you know, what I'm loosely basing these images mm -hmm. uh, from, but it's all coming from my name and where I come from, in a way. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, the family heritage obviously is Spanish, um, so there's that aspect. One of the images, uh, 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 there's men running with the bull, mm -hmm. and and a female figure kind of arching up, bucking the bull, mm -hmm. like hitting the bull back. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I'm trying not to overthink the images mm -hmm. and really just put them out, uh, but also to not really p pull too far away from what I was doing before, using mm -hmm. aspects of what I was doing before. Um, who knows where it's going to go. Uh, if I you know, become much more abstract in, in the way that I'm putting these images together. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it's more like almost a dream-like imagery yeah. Oh, now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the like, more dream-like. Like, uh, the women before, it was like almost like I had the idea it's like a strip club or it was like yeah, something yeah. Right. real you know right. it was yeah. like that's what I thought of but um but the the new series of the bull it's almost like yeah it could be a dream you know or like mythology like in somehow in the book you know like an illustration <laughs> illustration yeah. in a book you know yeah. where it's like you're you're kind of telling a story more again yeah it's like, uh -huh. yeah so um another one other, another image I'm I'm working on is, um, you know, this sexual sexual sensualized or uh, sexualized uh, female figure as well, and the, it's just uh, a bull's head, and it kind of looks like they're both in unison or they're mm -hmm. both um, on the same page, mm -hmm. and and uh, it's very seems maybe powerful. I believe very powerful. Mm -hmm. The the next image that I, I plan on doing. Mm -hmm. Um, we are looking forward to seeing them really yeah. soon. <laughs> Which kind of is like, what are you most excited about was one of our questions. You're excited mm -hmm. about this new series that you're exploring. Because previous to this one, um, for our listeners, um, you're working now, like you're saying, you're going in this direction of like um, pursuing the discovery of your name, um, Greek mythology, and um, all that that implies. Versus before, you were seeking more of the, like, the cinematic... Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit more, like your previous work? Yeah, I mean, previous my previous work was actually uh, more along the lines of, of just the straight figure, uh, working working from life most of the time, mm -hmm. uh, drawing and, and painting, mm -hmm. and uh, just getting really good at doing that, and mm -hmm. and not really caring so much about what story I was telling, then moving into to actually telling a story and actually having more intention in, in my in my image um and uh then 
starting to play with these sort of serialistic images where I'm implanting uh, these false reflections into into uh, uh, actual window spaces, window scenes of restaurants or or common day to day scenes. Um, I like that idea of the juxtaposed images, just to sort of tell the story of the fantasy against the reality. Mm -hmm. um, and then moving into the more sexualized imagery, mm -hmm. and and with that maybe, it, that was a little bit more visceral for for me, mm -hmm. and, and and just sort of reacting and just mm -hmm. using the female figure to be able to react with the paint. Mm -hmm. So I got a little bit chunkier with the paint, a little mm -hmm. bit more expressive. Um, gotten emotional, a more also, emotional, right? a yeah, lot more emotional. A, yeah. Um, it's using watercolors mm -hmm. sometimes, and 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 then the oils, and mm -hmm. working kind of large too. Actually, one of my largest pieces, no, the largest piece I've ever made was during that time. Yeah, with three figures, mm -hmm. uh, three um, female figures, and and uh, it's it, it was raw for me, like to mm -hmm. do it that way and uh, to, to paint in that manner. And then now, um, uh, you know, you, you question your own mortality, of course, when you're, and you think about where, where you're gonna go with uh, your, your future work and, and the work that you've already done, you know, what, what's the meaning behind that and what's the meaning behind the new work you're gonna do and what's, it's sort of, what's the point of it? Um, and you can take that like in the sort of, bad way it was the point or or you can say like oh you know really what is the point yeah like, i want to find it out yeah i want to yeah. find out um what i'm doing what mm -hmm. is it that i'm trying to say mm -hmm. and uh i uh i'm not sure i'm there yet i'm i'm, ex I'm exploring and you know maybe that answer will never be mm -hmm. you know figured out but uh, at some point uh maybe i'll get a little bit more comfortable in, mm -hmm. in how i say things um, yeah, so. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that Jason has also some time to, to talk about his current exhibition. Yes, that's exactly the and next And also thing. his future plans. Yes. So I want to get started with that. Yes. Current yeah. exhibition. Current exhibition is in Coconut Grove. It's at, uh, or with uh, Williams McCall Gallery, which they are partnered with Frameworks there. It's in, Frameworks has been there forever, but uh, they turned it into more of a, an actual gallery space mm -hmm. in Coconut Grove. Williams McCall Gallery has a, a, uh, a gallery in Miami Beach as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, there in, the, in Coconut Grove, I've got five pieces. Um, mm -hmm. They are the fantasy reflection pieces, mm -hmm. and um, they, uh, they'll, they're there till actually April 30th. So mm -hmm. it's coming up where it's, it's done. Uh, so run quick. You don't have much go time and to check go it see. Out. <laughs> go and check it out now. It's on. It's on the corner of Grant and Commodore, uh, in in Coconut Grove. Um, cool exhibit, and uh, I've got to uh, and I got a chance to exhibit with, um, with uh, a few other great artists, uh, including Jackie Gopi. Uh, Jackie Gopi is also another bakehouse artist, and she's in the exhibit. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's pretty cool. But uh, future exhibits, uh, don't know. I'd, I'd like to get into some more uh, group shows. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I maybe I want to stay away from doing any type of solo show just to not have that pressure mm -hmm. of creating 
you know, this huge body, body of, work of work when yeah. I'm, I'm right now in this like question state of my work. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I also show in, uh, periodically in Boston and New York, so maybe that'll happen again soon. That's awesome. Um, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, and, and I feel like maybe you do yourself a disservice in saying that you wouldn't want a solo show because I do understand you're going in a new direction with this new body of work. Um, but I feel that the pieces you made prior to that you're currently exhibiting with the Wombs McCall Gallery is it's so cohesive, even though they're all different, obviously, um, pieces. Yeah. That um, that I could see you having a solo exhibit with all of those pieces. That are well, I did. I did. I did have an, a solo exhibit with, with those pieces. Okay, great. Yeah, and... and uh, so oh, you want to wait until the new body of work yeah, is Yeah, exactly. Kind of ready. I, I, oh, okay. I, I'm yeah. ready for, you know, the next, mm -hmm. next series, series yeah. to to come naturally, though. Yeah, not, not force it. And not force it. Mm -hmm. So. That's um, oh, my God. My favorite question. Oh, last question. Okay. So you might know this already because if Jenna might have told you this or you've listened to Or I even told him, I think. You were sitting on a magical rocking chair. Yeah. It's not just any rocking chair. Yeah. You have three wishes now. <laughs> you can wish for anything. I mean, Jenna was pretty modest, right? She was With her massages, super, super cookies. Low maintenance. You can she wish was. for anything, and we are not guaranteeing anything. But it is a magical <laughs> chair, so go for it. Go All for right. It. Three. All right. That's number a, one. That's an easy one for me. Number really? at least number one is easy. I want my mom back. Not like yeah. zombified mom back, but like your mom. <laughs> the mom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mom, mom would be nice to have back. Yeah. Uh, took her too soon. So that's number one. Easy peasy. Uh, number two, I want uh, not world peace, but I want world happiness. That oh, way, I, I, that way, everybody can leave me the hell alone so I can do my shit because <laughs> that means that everybody's happy with whatever they want and they have. And then you and can be I happy. I can be happy too. So I want world happiness. And uh, number three, um, I would say a bottle of Jameson right now would be amazing. Bottles, Jameson. Yay! <laughs> okay, we'll make one of those happen. Very, very great wishes. And uh, we're at the end of our volume two of Rocking Chair Sessions. Thank you very I much, Mr. Jason Aponte. Yes. Jason, thank you so much yeah, for, thank you. for letting for us in, in look into your soul a little Ooh, bit. Yeah, and painful. Into, <laughs> I hope it was not too painful. No, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Please inform us of your studio number here at the Big House Art Complex in case our listeners want to stop. By I'm in studio video. number 38. 38. And Wednesday is a really good day. Wednesday's a really good day for me to, yeah. for, to, to, to show up during the day if you want. Otherwise, at night, you're going to have to like sneak in or something. Yeah. <laughs> but don't sneak in. All right. Maybe, so <laughs> thank you guys for listening again. To so um, our volume two session of Rocking Chair Sessions. Thank you, Elisa. Thank you, Maria. Very it excited to have you and be together. We are gonna uh, we're gonna be back next week. Yes, with, with a new session and a different artist, and, and we will hopefully shortly be uploading this into our SoundCloud, and we will have information forthcoming about our next session. So that's pretty exciting. Check Instagram, check Facebook, and check back in SoundCloud. All right, bye guys. Bye. bye.